What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Puck and Pigskin Podcast. Presented by Bravara Media. Just great sports fans talking mostly about hockey and football. Sprinkled with a bit of everything else. Now, here's your host, a Flames fan with a Golden Knights backup plan, Jason Bizek. All right, I'm joined now by aspiring sportscaster, who I believe is currently in sportscasting school, Michaela Bursey. Welcome to the Puck and Pigskin podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jason. It's a pleasure. So you're currently in broadcasting school, is that correct? Yeah, it's kind of a long story. So I just finished my fourth year at MRU um, broadcasting. I have one more semester left, but it's just to finish up my degree with my minor in English and currently completed my work term with CSEC, which has been a blast. So once all that is said and done, I'll be officially graduated in December and currently looking for a work. So if anyone needs a postcaster to hire, I am available. But yeah, that's pretty much the story. Hopefully with one of the sports teams in Calgary, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be a dream. No kidding. Um, so let's burst right into the and address the elephant in the room. The Calgary Stampeders, terrible start so far, 0-2. Um, what do you make of, of what's happened so far from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not the start that we thought it would have been. Um, for me, like we are the youngest team in the league, but I didn't think that was going to be a setback. I think if you really look back <clears> at two games in particular and really analyze them, the first game against Toronto was ours to win. Unfortunately, the first drive from us was horrible and the last drive was horrible as well if you take those away I think that's really our game we had scored more than Toronto did they just got the touchdowns we've been having a problem getting into the end zone and that's been the story so far I think in the first two weeks is just crossing that line I don't know if they know what that line is you just got to cross it it gives you six (laughs) points um I think that's been the main thing Rene Paradis is automatic he's been our leading scorer he's kicked everything so for me looking at the BC game um, I don't care whether it was Michael Riley going in or Nathan Rourke. You have to be prepared no matter who's coming into the game. And I think it, at the end of the day, like our offense just hasn't been clicking. Um, mm-hmm. There's a couple instances in the game where I kind of questioned um, the coaching decisions. Two of them, I believe we had a third and four or third and three, and we kicked yeah. field goals. Um, I wasn't sure why we didn't try to draw BC offsides. If we take the 10-yard penalty and don't draw them off, Renee is still hitting that field goal. So that kind mm-hmm. of surprised me a little bit why you wouldn't just try to draw them because we were right near the red zone. We were, we were touching it. So that would have given our team momentum as well if we could just draw some penalties off of BC. Um, and if you don't, then you know, then you kick the field goal 10 yards back and Renee would have hit them. So I yeah. wasn't sure why we didn't go for that. But that's kind of my analysis so far. 
Yeah, there were actually, a, I believe, a couple instances as well where we were third and two or three, and, and I think even in one instance, third and four, where uh, we actually gambled. Now, once we made it, and I think the other two, we came up short, but um, definitely some odd coaching uh, decisions there. Um, in the red zone, I believe there is at least two interceptions in the end zone, if I'm not mistaken, possibly three, two for sure. Um, Bo Levi does not, I, I, I was going to say he doesn't seem to be on his game, but he's, he got almost 300 yards passing against BC. And I think he was uh, around 260 against Toronto. So it's not like, it's not like he's not throwing the ball. Well, it's just not finishing in the red zone, I guess. Exactly. That's what it's been for me is that it's just been like, we've driven the ball, whether it's been good field position or not. Um, it's just getting into the end zone. That's been the biggest problem because field goals aren't going to win you a game. And then our defense can only hold so much. They're kind of a new group. Um, you got some veteran leaders on there, but some young guys as well. And there's only so much they can do when your offense just isn't putting up six points. So um, I think looking at Montreal, like it's going to be a hard fought game, but I think we could pull it out. Montreal's always kind of been an interesting team to go up against. Dave Dickinson's record against Montreal's four and four as a head coach. Um, so we've had our wins, we've had our losses. But it's the third week straight at McMahon. And if we lose three straight home games start the season, I don't remember the last time that's ever happened or if that's ever happened. So that that would not be ideal. Well, I, I know I heard, uh, I believe I heard them say on the Fan 960 that it's been a, even a while since the Stamps even started 0-2. So definitely uh, not in a good situation. Talking about Montreal, um, was it a surprise that they handled Edmonton as as badly as they did? <laughs> For me, honestly, no. Um, I have a little bit of bias towards Montreal, as you can see. <laughs> I see that. Um, they're probably my second favorite team to root for in the CFL. And um, we did a podcast on Fresh Take Network with Mark Steven, and I predicted Montreal to be in the Great Cup this year. And oh. it's not really a surprise to me. Um, I've been a big fan of Vernon Adams. I'm a big fan of Eugene Lewis. Love BJ Cunningham. Like they have great players on that team. And Kahari Jones is a great coach. So them handing it to Edmonton was just entertaining, first of all. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, they're not surprising to me. Um, it will be interesting to see how they go up against teams in the East. I think. I don't know. Hamilton has a weird situation going on. They're not as good as I thought they were going to be, but um, I like Montreal a lot. So it'll be interesting to see them go up against teams that have a better record. Obviously, Edmonton's in the same boat as us right now with their 0-2 start. So, Yeah, Trevor Harris was actually the better quarterback in that game, passing for more yards, uh, higher percentage uh, through a touchdown. I guess Adams had two touchdowns. But uh, So, yeah, that was really an interesting game and really a, an odd, odd finish to me anyway. <clears throat> um, so I guess the, the other games that were this week, Saskatchewan destroyed Hamilton. Uh, I actually watched that game and, oh man, I don't know what's up with Hamilton. What, what do you think is going on there? Yeah, it's really an interesting situation. I'm not sure if I really know or can analyze what's happening because I just wasn't expecting the start from them. Obviously they have some injuries with Braylon Addison, um, but one player doesn't make your team. And Masoli and Masoli looks healthy to me. Dane Evans is healthy. Um, like I, Sean Thomas Erlington looks fine. So I don't mm -hmm. know really 
what's happening with them per se. I mean, even the defense, like Siante Evans has made some good plays and Simone Lawrence is the leader of that group, but they just haven't been the team that we know them to be. And I guess it's a similar situation to Calgary. Maybe it's just because of the shortened season, because of such a long time off. But I almost thought that was going to be in these teams' favor with just how great the coaching is. A coach like Orlando Steinauer always has his group well-prepared. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm Maybe they'll be different once they get in a game at home. But, yeah, it's definitely not been the team that I thought they were going to be. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Brandon Banks has been grabbing his ribs a little. And just they haven't been clicking. I don't know if that's just because of the time off or if there's something that's in their heads or something, but yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I was just going to mention Brandon Banks cause he was a five receptions uh, for only 30 yards that game. And uh, he actually had some rushing yards in there, 12 rushing yards. Um, so yeah, definitely something going on there. Um, I agree with you. I, I saw him kind of uh, clinching the ribs as well. Um, quarterback situation. When Dane Evans came into the game, uh, Dane Evans just, looked terrible he was not connecting on passes at all they were they weren't even close a lot of them so no um, he had Jalen Acklin open a few times and just going right over his head so I mean it's also a tough situation it wasn't a game that Dane Evans could have came back in and won I think he went in late in the fourth and I mean they were down by how much so it wasn't a game that they could have won I feel bad that he had to be put in that situation particularly but I mean I just don't See, yeah, he didn't play any better to warrant him to be the starter next week. I don't think Masoli has really been playing bad at all. I think it's just there hasn't been anything clicking on offense. It's the same thing in Calgary. We're not going to sit yeah. because we've missed a couple passes. That's ridiculous. So I've heard fans screaming for Michael O'Connor, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, it's Bo. <laughs> like, things will happen. You don't sit Tom Brady. I just, yeah. So yeah. I think Tough Masoli- about. It's tough without a preseason too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, th- th- this is this is technically their preseason right now. So now that they got two games out of the way, <laughs> um, sticking with Hamilton uh, doesn't help when you miss uh, two field goals either. Now, granted, they were longer field goals from 50 mm-hmm. and 55, but still, um, if, if your kicker can't kick those field goals, then you shouldn't be attempting maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's true as well. I mean, I especially when Saskatchewan kind of proved they can run the ball out. So, I mean, I don't know why you just don't try to pin their offense really deep, pin Fajardo way back in his own end. He did have one long drive down the field that he marched down pretty well. There was a few penalties, though, along the way. But, um, yeah, I don't know really what the situation is with Hamilton. I think maybe, like, everyone's just going to be freaking out right now. It is a shortened season, so that is getting Mm – people a little bit more worried. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Calgary and Hamilton go on some streaks – fairly quickly and maybe that's just me just some wishful thinking that Calgary pulls it around but I wouldn't be surprised to see like four game win streak for both these teams yeah that would be nice um and of course uh Winnipeg is looking like great cup champions they they're looking pretty good uh what do you think they are looking good um <clears throat> I wasn't worried about Winnipeg going into the year too much um Kalaros is always kind of a question mark for me but yeah. I mean, they're doing well. They don't have their star in Andrew Harris, and they're still doing really well. Oliveira has proven himself to be a great backup, let alone starter. And, I mean, they don't even have Darvin Adams in there, and it's just 
they're working with what they have. And that's something that Calgary usually can do. Um, and Hamilton as well has had their fair share of injuries in the past few years and been able to work it out. But Winnipeg is just, yeah, working with what they got and running with their system and it's worked out for them. So, um, I don't know. It's still for me, like it's so early to just be like, yeah, this is the team. And especially with <laughs> nine teams, it's so hard to be like, oh yeah, Winnipeg, they're going to go to the great cup because anything can happen. Um, I talked about it on another pod and it was just about because of such a long time off, there will be injuries this year, I think. And it only takes one little injury to kind of hinder your team back. So I wish players nothing but the best and to be healthy, but um I mean, we saw Juwan Breskison go out already. Shaq Evans got hurt. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's only a matter of time till someone takes a little nick to something. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're already missing Andrew Harris over in Winnipeg. But um, I'd be more worried looking at, like, a Kenny Lawler or Nick Dembski. Those are some key guys you need to keep healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly not not really missing uh, Harris when your quarterback goes 32 for 40 for 292 yards. <laughs> 80, 80% passing. So, I mean, if it wasn't for the one pick that he that game would have been near perfect. So, Caleros yeah. to me Caleros to me is looking the best he's ever been, I think. It's, it's hard to tell from just the small sample, but Maybe, maybe since 2014, I would say, like, he's back in his old prime. I remember it used to be who was the best in the league, Claros or Bo, back when Claros was in Hamilton, and then he had his injuries. So if he can stay mm-hmm. healthy, he's looking really good. Um, but you also have to give props to the Winnipeg defense. Jefferson and Jeffcoat have just been lighting teams up and just completely destroying their offense. They read the play so well. They know what's happening. They adapt so quickly. They stop the run. They're stopping the quarterback. They're pressuring. So Mm -hmm. I think that is a big thing to do with it as well. Hamilton's defense hasn't looked the greatest to me like they should. Calgary's defense has held their own, but there's only so much they can do when your offense isn't putting up points on the other end. Um, And there has been some rookie mistakes for Calgary. There's been some holes that they've opened up for the opposing offense. And that's something that Winnipeg has just done really well is just hold down their defense and keep their offense on the field. So that's the one thing that you wish to do in the CFL, especially when it's only three down football is to just keep going out there, stop them, put your offense back out and let them march down this 110 yard field. So. Yeah, I agree. So um, I'm going to put you on the spot for uh, this week now and uh, take some predictions from you. So who are you you taking with uh, Edmonton against BC? Oh, I mean, I've been, I hope I don't jinx it because I've been pretty wrong on my predictions, but I'm going (laughs) to go with BC. Um, I just don't know what's going on over in Edmonton. I think it's only a matter of time until they start clicking. They have great talent. Um, especially the Harris and Ellingson connection. But they haven't gotten that going yet. There hasn't really been much at all between Harris and Ellingson, which is interesting. Um, that kind of surprises me as well. There, there are two players that know each other very well. So uh, I'm going to take BC, though. Um, I think Michael is getting healthier as the weeks go on. And I like BC's team. I like Brian uh, Brian Burnham, and I like Lamar Duran, obviously, former Stampeder. So I like their team. They got rid of Yamasaki, which was kind of an issue um, with field goals. So if they can clean that up and start putting those field goals through, that's only more points for that team. And Edmonton's really struggling, and BC's coming off the win against Calgary. So I'm going to pick BC. All right. It's funny you pick BC because I was going to say Edmonton myself. I think that I think Harrison and Ellingson are finally going to start connecting. And I think I'm 
Michael Riley, although he looks good, he still looks like something's not right on some plays I've noticed. And uh, so I'm going to go with Edmonton on, on that one. Uh, Montreal, Calgary, what are you thinking? At this point, I mean, we have to get one eventually, don't we? So I'm sticking with Calgary. Um, Montreal looked amazing against Edmonton, but I don't know if that's because Edmonton is an 0-2 team or if Montreal is also just that good. Obviously, I just said I picked Montreal to win the Grey Cup. I think they're going to have a great year. But um, I think maybe they are riding high right now. And for us, we have a lot to lose. So... Uh, it's do or die time in Calgary right now. Uh, Montreal has that 1-0. If they go 1-1, oh well. Uh, Calgary's looking at 0-3, which is not good. So mm-hmm. I'm picking Calgary to pull out the win. I don't think it's going to be uh, by a huge margin. Uh, maybe a touchdown, maybe a field goal or something in between. But Calgary has to get this win. They have so much riding on it. So that's why I'm going to yeah. pick this. Yeah, I agree totally on that one. I'm going to go with Calgary as well. I think Bo, uh, I mean, Bo's having great games, except for the interceptions. You take away the interceptions, and those are two completely different games in my eyes. So, um, And it's been in desperation also. I mean, he's throwing double coverage when he has to convert on a down. When you're dying for a touchdown, you haven't hit the Mm -hmm. end zone all game. So if they can get something going on their first drive, have a really good first drive, whether you just boot it in for a field goal or hopefully just score on the first, he's going to have that confidence and it's not going to be too desperate going into the rest of the game. And I think that'll give our defense something to be like, okay, our offense put points on the board. Let's just go do our job. So it's not going to be a long night for us. So I think really crucial and pivotal that the stamps get a really good first drive on their first possession. Yeah, excellent point with the throwing the interceptions out of desperation. I, a couple, a couple of those have definitely been uh, air balls that is uncharacteristic of Bo. Yeah. So, uh, Winnipeg against Toronto, who are you taking there? That's that's an interesting matchup for sure. Um, it's a back to back game. There's they just played each other, so they're going to go up again. But the big question mark for me is Toronto's quarterback situation like mm-hmm. McLeod Bethel Thompson was it just a one-time wonder in the first game against Calgary he held his own last year in Toronto um but of course they put Nick Arbuckle in in the last game I don't know if they're going to start Nick Arbuckle right now if he's still dealing with a little bit of an injury um so I think I'm going to pick Winnipeg just because I don't know about the quarterback situation in Toronto not saying that they can't pull it off at some point throughout the game um, that whether it's Arbuckle or Bethel Thompson, that they'll start clicking with their receivers. We know that they can, so that's not really the problem. But um, I just have more confidence in Winnipeg right now, so I'm going to stick with them. Yeah, Winnipeg is looking too good right now. Calaris is looking pretty good. Um, I'm not sure what Harris's situation is. Do you know what his injury is, if he's possibility of starting this week? I haven't looked into it yet. Um, as far as I know, I think he's still laying on an injured list. And if it's still a little bit there, I don't see him. I don't see them throwing him into the game when they don't need to. They've been able to yeah. win with him so far. So if, even if he's at 80%, I would keep him out just because I don't think he's crucial to play. So um, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he plays this week, but I don't know why they would want to play him this week. Yeah, just because Winnipeg looked so good last week and Toronto, I mean, game number one against Calgary. Calgary gave Toronto that game. So Toronto, in, in my mind, isn't looking that great so far. So I'm going to definitely take Winnipeg to win that one. 
And uh, finally, Ottawa against the Riders. What do you got there? Oh, you know, I got to go pick Ottawa. I want to be upset. <laughs> um, I think the Riders, they're obviously doing well right now. I have to give props where props is due. Cody Fajardo is great, um, very elusive, and that's his key quality is being so elusive. Um, but I yeah. like, I think Ottawa is just a team no one is really picking right now as a team that everyone has under the radar. Um, obviously, Edmonton's not a very good team, and they scathed by pulling out that win but their defense is like looking good so their defense can just shut down saskatchewan hopefully um nichols can do something and uh pull something out for the offense but i'm ready for a saskatchewan loss i think they're gonna be like oh yeah this is easy we got this game it's ottawa um and maybe ottawa will surprise them and pull out the win hopefully probably not though <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's odd that you just mentioned Nichols because I was sitting here as you were talking and I'm thinking to myself, I can't even name one player that plays for Ottawa right now. And I said, <laughs> I don't even know who their quarterback is right now, which is really odd. But yeah, Nichols, I've been, always been a big fan of Nichols and uh, I'm really hoping they pull out the win this week, but they're definitely in tough. So I'm going to go with my mind on this one and pick the Riders. <laughs> they're, yeah. just, they're looking as much as I would love the Riders to lose. Mm -hmm. They're looking really tough, so I don't know about that. It's a good coach team. Craig Dickinson, obviously, is our home team brother, so he knows what he's doing. Uh, Jason Moss is way more comfortable, just an offensive coordinator position and not having to run the whole team, I think. Um, mm -hmm. And then their defense is shutting it down. So there are they are doing well, but penalties is also a huge thing. Saskatchewan's had a lot of penalties in the past few games. Maybe they'll clean it up just because we haven't had football in a while and the first two are out the way. But if they can't clean it up, I think Ottawa can capitalize on that and try to punch in some sneaky plays. So I'm just going to stick with Ottawa, hopefully. Come on, Ottawa. Win yeah, no. Not only that, but it, we, we failed to mention William Powell. William Powell it looks like a machine in the backfield. Yeah. He he does. He's just yeah. So it all depends on Ottawa if they can just shut it down. Their defense looked really good, but once again, that was against Edmonton, which is kind of hard to compare to Saskatchewan. Yeah. Like they obviously haven't been a good team this year, so maybe Ottawa's defense just lucked out. But um, I think they can maybe they can pressure Fajardo if they can make him stop running and being so elusive early. Maybe that'll question his confidence a little bit. It'll dampen. Um, his will to run the ball and make him stick mm. in the pocket a little bit longer, maybe make some bad decisions. So if they can do that, I think that's a big if, but if they can, I think they can pull it out. Yeah. All right. Well, that sums up uh, what happened this past week and our predictions for next week. Um, why don't we finish by uh, you just telling me what you're up to these days, where, where you're podcasting, where you are on social media, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I'm still hanging around um, on the Twitterverse and the podcasting world um, over with Fresh Take Network. Um, we have our reality show podcast, Backdoors and Backstabs. We talk, talk everything Big Brother, The Bachelor, oh, nice. Survivor, a little break from the sports world, which is nice to talk about something else for once. Um, but yeah. yeah, still doing sports as well. So we have the CFL podcast over there and also the NFL podcast, The Audible. Super excited for the NFL season to start up soon. Um, and then... Yeah, with me, I'm just still, you know, living the life, trying to work hard and go to school and get my degree and finish it all. But yeah. Yeah, I'll put all the links to all of your stuff in the description below. And uh, really quickly, you mentioned the NFL. So who's your NFL team? 
Oh, I, I always get mixed reactions, but it's my my New England Patriots. I'm still sticking with the Patriots. Um, yeah. I have favored and uh, looking forward to this season. So come on, Mac Jones, let's do let's do some stuff. Let's do some magic this year. So even though you're a Patriots fan, are you still a Brady fan? I do love Tom. I have no qualms with him leaving. I think it was the best for both teams. Um, I think if Tom stayed in New England, we wouldn't be getting another championship just with a lot of our guys have gotten old and moved on and retired. Um, mm -hmm. and I think our new system wouldn't really fit with Tom. Um, so really happy for him out in Tampa. I'm not a Buccaneers fan by no means, but I did cheer for them all throughout the playoffs yeah. because my Patriots weren't there. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for the Patriots season this year. We've got a lot of new additions. Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith are incredible tight ends. Um, Cam Newton, once he's having a year in the system, I think hopefully he can get something going. The one issue is the deep balls. But um, he's never had to call an offense on his own. So now that he knows the system, he knows the plays, he knows the players, um, hopefully we'll get some stuff clicking. And I know Tom Brady looks good with the Buccaneers right now, but um, I'm yeah, still a Pats fan at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, you got to respect a guy that just won his seventh Super Bowl ring and he's 40, 44 years old or 43? 44 just turned. <laughs> yeah. I think he's got one or two left in him. I really do. And I, mm -hmm. I I hated Tom Brady for a long time, but now I'm like, this guy is insane. I know. Everyone hated him for so long. Now <laughs> they love him. And I'm like, hello, the Patriots are the team that's bad over here, not Tom. So, uh, yeah. but uh, no, I have no, there's no love lost. Super happy for all of his success. And we'll always be cheering him on in the Super Bowl as long as it's not against New England. So. Yeah, we hated him for so long because he kept winning everything. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're like, my, oh, just gotta, just gotta roll with it. My team's the Raiders, and uh, okay. right now I'm, I'm ever since they moved to Vegas. Anyway, I just, I, I haven't been an NFL fan for quite a while. I, I was a Dolphins fan until Marino mm -hmm. retired, and then I haven't really paid much attention to NFL. But ever since the Raiders went back to Vegas, I'm all about Las Vegas. So okay, I decided, yeah, I'm gonna stick with them. So. And they're not looking too bad this season. I think they're going to be pretty good. I, I really like Josh Jacobs. I really love yeah. Derek Waller. It's just Derek Carr. I can't get on the Derek Carr train. So um. Yeah. I have, I have mixed feelings about Carr. He's, <laughs> he's hitting myths. Exactly. I mean, he can get the job done, but he's not going to win them anything, in my opinion. But, I mean, I think he can get them to the playoffs. The hard part is that you're stuck in a division with Kansas City as well. So yeah, there's an issue. <laughs> Um, obviously Denver has been on the decline, but they're looking like they're trying to get back up on the incline again. But, uh, yeah, no, I don't have a problem with the Raiders. I mean, definitely looking better than they did in a couple of years ago, <laughs> that, <laughs> that one in 15 season or something crazy. But, uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, it's been great talking football with you and, uh, we'll definitely do this again. Uh, so have yourself a great rest of your weekend and, uh, we'll talk again soon. Yeah. Thank you, Jason. Thanks, Michaela. All right, I'm joined now by two-time CFL West All-Star, two-time CFL All-Star, currently playing for the Frisco Fighters, the Manny Show, Mr. Manny Arsenal. Welcome to the Puck and Pigskin Podcast. How are you? Man, I'm all right. Thanks for even having me on. Yeah, no worries. I'm glad to have you on. I love having all the CFL players on because I'm a huge CFL fan myself, so... um. I guess let's start with the Frisco Fighters. My, you know, 
I think about a month ago, I saw Rod Peterson mention Indoor Football League, and I was like, what the heck is the Indoor Football League? And lo and behold, there's an Indoor Football League, and uh, you're in it. How did you end up in the Indoor Football League? Man, I was working out with one of the quarterbacks during the offseason, Jonathan Bain, and he was just like, hey, man, you still got something in the tank. Come out here and play. I was like, nah, I'm going to stick to coaching, man. Get ready to transition for life after football. And they had a guy they brought out, um, or a DB, to work out. And he was like, hey, you want to run some routes and catch? So I must have went like, if it was 21 reps, I must have went 20 for 21. And they was like, hey, you think you want to come out and give it a try? And I was like, you know what, with the pandemic hitting, this gives me that closure to suit up again and play. Plus, to be in the league I haven't been a part of. So now it's like I'd have been in the NFL, the CFL, now the IFL, a rookie all over again, learning a game that I know nothing about. And that's what kind of brought me to the journey of um, being in the IFL right now. And the team is only 10 minutes away from where I purchased a home out here in Prosper, Texas. Oh, nice. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, so uh, you guys aren't doing too bad. I think you're nine and two so far, and uh, I believe last week you had a huge game, three touchdowns, and even scored on the first play of the game. Is that right? Yes, sir. That's right. Um, you know, <laughs> thanks to the teammate, the block, and the O line, the quarterback, and coaches giving me an opportunity, I'm still able to provide some good old entertainment and action from the Manny Show. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. And uh, you mentioned still uh, still having some gas in the tank, which is strange because me being a huge CFL fan and especially the Stampeders, uh, I've seen a lot of you, unfortunately, burning my teams. And uh, it seems like you played in the CFL for so many years. I thought, oh, maybe he's retired, but you're only you're only 33, 34 years old, aren't you? Yeah, 34, turning, turning 34 in September. Yeah, so you're actually a lot younger than I thought you were. It seems like you played in the CFL for so long. Um, played with the BC Lions for uh, many years, uh, four thousand yard seasons. Tell me what it was like playing for probably the best coach to ever coach in the CFL, Wally Buono. How's that? Yeah, just it's awesome, man, being able to play for a guy like that. But he was more so a mentor, like an uncle slash. You any name anything you can name it. That's what it was like playing for him because he was straightforward. He meant business, and he um he prepared you for life off the field, also on the field as well. So he was a good, valuable coach man slash mentor that I still keep in touch with till today. No, that's great. Um, from there you uh went to the NFL for uh, or tried to go to the NFL and uh, came back to the CFL. Uh, pl finished with the BC Lions and then went to Saskatchewan. Now, uh, that those are two totally different uh, markets when it comes to fan base and, and popularity and, and financials. I think Saskatchewan is like huge on the on the popularity scale and, and, and they're money makers because they sell merchandise like crazy. Tell me the difference between the two markets. Uh, obviously, location, geographic location as well. Uh, which one did you which one did you like better? Man, I love Vancouver. That's my second home. But <laughs> yeah. just the fan base and the atmosphere, man, it's Saskatchewan. You know, those oh, yeah. people live, eat, and sleep green. Game sold out, Mosaic Stadium, rocking in a community. People going to acknowledge you. It don't matter if you're in McDonald's, Walmart, 
anywhere. They love their Rough Riders. They love the Saskatchewan brand of football. So that's a good city to be in because they love football. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I think I read on your Wikipedia page as well that uh, you were actually the BC Lions, Toronto Argonauts, and Edmonton Eskimos were all believed to have interest in you uh, when you were a free agent. Did Were you close to going to any of those other teams, or was it BC all the way? Yeah, for me, BC, but with my agent, you never know where he would try to get me to go to. But for me, it was going where it all started for me, the team that gave me an opportunity the team that created the Manny Show brand. And at the end of the day, that's what it's about, man. You want to go where you need it, where you want it, and appreciate it. So it, it was familiar territory with me. So they welcomed me back with open arms. And at the end of the day, I had one job, to go out there and produce. And, yeah, and produce you did. Uh, you were quite the quite the receiver, as I said. Burned uh, burned a lot of my teams many times. Uh you, now, you mentioned uh, the, the Manny Show brand. I noticed you have your own brand of clothing. Uh, the Manny Show has become quite the brand, and I'll, I'll post links to all that in the description in this video. Um, I saw you on Twitter you were also, in, also involved in the uh, Vets and Players. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so that's um, the guys that then wore the uniform. That's your veterans. Then you got your NFL players, your athletes. And it's um, a, a group that's um, to help guys during their transition um, once you come out of the uniform. So you come out, work out, then we have open floor discussions, and you just tell your story, share your testimonies, and, and just knowing you have a community where people have your back, they've been in similar situations, dealing with adversity, service to others, and just being able to provide something that was bigger than ourselves to make sure everyone around us was taking uh, so I, I see you're also involved with uh, some <clears throat> um, youth camps and, and training, stuff like that. Tell me a little bit about that stuff you're doing. Yeah, I'm training athletes out of Built Forward Athletics in Prosper, Texas. Um, youth athletic development from ages, basically elementary all the way up to the pros. I handle some of their off-season training, but my, um, my niche and focus area is that elementary to middle school, giving those athletes a base that are helping whatever sport it is they're playing. And then also, like, I'm coaching a youth football team, three- and four-year-old with my son. So those are things that's keeping me occupied that I'm doing on a regular <laughs> basis is just working with the youth, being able to give back, go around doing speaking engagements, and looking to get that going and rolling as um, the COVID cases start to go down and cities are starting to open up. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the next plan is to get some youth camps going in Canada. So I'm just waiting on everything to sort itself out so I can start promoting that and get that going. Yeah, nice. I see a lot of CFL players uh, do youth camps and stuff like that. Uh, Nick Lewis is actually uh, was coaching my niece in Regina. So that's awesome to see CFL players uh, helping out the community like that. Come back. Come back.